me, you can look on the screen. Mark chapter 12, Mark 12, verse 30. Jesus speaking, and he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. All right, all, all. Jesus was emphasizing something to us. He said, You're to love God with all of your heart all of your soul, all of your strength. What he's saying is, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, and he's saying you are to lay it all down, every part of it, all of it. Now, how many believe Jesus doesn't waste words? In other words, that if Jesus tells us to do something, it's in our best interest to do it. Now, God has laid everything down on his end for us, right? He sacrificed his only begotten son. He has paid the price, paved the way for us to live a successful, victorious life. He has done everything he could do. But in order for you to be able to walk in the fullness of everything God has, you need to give him all. You need to love him with all of you, every part of you. Now guess what? The wonderful thing is, is that God is there giving all of himself to you. So in other words, if you give all yourself to him, it allows him to give all of himself to you. And how many would agree that his all is bigger than your all? Amen? His all is enormous. I mean, his all is fulfilling. His his all covers everything and more than enough. And he is willing to give it all, but you got to do your part. You need to give it all. Now, we want to, what we're told is to love God with everything that we are, with all that we have, right? Everybody say love. So, the question I want to ask you is real quick how do I know my level of love for the Lord? How do I know where I'm at? How do I know how much I love the Lord? You know, if he told us to give him all, and he was very clear about the word all, all right? And we all agreed that if you give all, what do you have left over again? Nothing. There's nothing left. You've given it all. You've poured it all out. There's nothing, there's nothing else to give. I've, I've given all of it. I've opened the door to a room, so to speak, and I've given you every little square inch of it. Well, if we can give all of something... My question is, can we give also part of something? In other words, if God is asking for all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our body, everything that we have, is it possible that we can just give Him a part? In other words, we can give Him half, let's say, or a quarter, an eighth. We can give Him part of ourselves. In fact, to be honest, if most of you will look at your life and really open your heart, really allow the Spirit of God to shine the light inside you, you will find areas in your life that you probably have not turned over to Him. Or maybe at one time you did, but you've kind of let it loose and, and now you're in control. It You haven't really given all. So we do want to open our hearts this morning to look at our hearts and, and ask, is there anything I'm holding back? Anything in any area of my life um, that I'm not totally laying over to Him. But again, if He asks for all, is it possible to give Him less? I would say yes, it's possible to give Him less. I can give Him entrance into one area of my life, but block Him at another. I can say, Lord, you can have all this, 
but please stay away from this. Now, I might not use the words, Lord, please stay away from this. I just never bring it up. You know, I just never talk about it. Like a husband and wife who don't want to deal with the elephant in the room. What do they do? They just walk around the elephant, so to speak, in their, in their words. They, they avoid the conversation. They avoid dealing with the problem. Well, a lot of the times, that's how we deal with the Lord. We just simply ignore it. We, we don't talk about it. We don't bring it up. And that is what we fail to remember is he sees everything like a clear glass. There's nothing hidden from him. He knows everything. So who are you conning? You're only conning yourself thinking that maybe I'm just not bringing it up. But in your heart, you know, you know that there's an area in your life that maybe you haven't allowed or submitted to the Lord like you should. And so we're not entirely talking about that this morning, but it is something that the Lord is bringing up as I'm speaking, that we need to look at our lives and, 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 and question are there pockets of our life that we're not allowing the Lord in? And I want to share something with you real quick before I switch gears. Everybody say, I'm listening. I, I mean, really listening. Listen, it is to your advantage in your life to give all. Remember, when you give all, it allows God to pour all. It allows you to, to be overwhelmed with everything that he has. But if you lock a door in your life, and you lock that door from the outside, and you say, no, Lord, you can't have that. Guess what? He can't get in it. He will not override you. He won't just make another key and force him's way in. He won't do it. He will respect you. He will respect your decision to not let him in there. But it is to your advantage to let him in there. Because any area God's not in, what does God bring with him? Light, life, blessing. So if you're locked in the door from him, what does that room have, so to speak? Darkness, the opposite of light. It has, it's lacking in every area of life because you haven't let the Lord in. So I encourage you, open your heart. Be completely open with him. So again, I ask the question, how do I know my level of love for the Lord? Well, our love for God with all of us begins with our heart. And from our heart, it extends outward through our life. How we live our life, what we think, what we speak, how we react, what we do, the choices we make, how we handle our money, gets into every area of our life. See, our love for God starts in our heart, but it extends outward. Let me ask you a few questions that might help you uh, consider where you're at, okay? Don't think of someone else, please, because sometimes you can hear a message like this, and the first thing you're thinking of, oh, I know someone who needs that. Well, no, you need that. They're not here, all right? You can give them the CD, <laughs> but you think of yourself, all right? Now, here's some questions you could ask yourself. Is God first in everything in my life? And what I mean is everything. Everybody say everything. So everything is like all, isn't it? Nothing left over is God first what do I make the hard choices sometimes and say well this is the way the word of God says to do it but this is the way either I've always been taught or the way I want to do it which one do you do and and it's easy to say oh yes I follow the Lord but let's get down to right where you live is God first in every area of your life another question might be do you act on his word when it's revealed to you what i mean is 
whether it be today or some other time, God shines the light, so to speak, with the Word of God and points out something to you. Do you make an adjustment and change according to the Word, or do you just let it slide? Do you hear a message, but not really hear it? You heard it and said, oh, pastor, that was a wonderful message. But you don't really intend to do anything with it. How many you know that only the doers of the Word are going to benefit from what they hear? Right? You have to be a doer. Say, I'm a doer. Amen. You have to be a doer of the Word to benefit from the Word. If you just hear it, it isn't doing you any good. Another question you might ask is, are my thoughts and my words impacted by God's Word? In other words, do I just let any old loose thought and think any old thing? Now, you can't control all the thoughts that try to land in your head. All right, There will be thoughts that, that you're like, oh, that's disturbing. <laughs> but you don't have to let it camp there either. You don't have to let it build a home and stay there. You can deal with it. You can say, no, I'm not thinking that thought. Thought, get out in Jesus' name and begin to think an appropriate thought. Now, it, that takes work and energy. It's like weeding the garden. You know what I'm saying? You have to get out there and pull the weeds. You have to recognize them. But the fact is, you don't have to think just any old thing, and you don't have to say just any old thing. We can control our words. But the question is this, do you love God enough? Are you around the Word of God enough and hearing it enough to decide, no, I'm not thinking that way. No, I'm not talking that way. That's one of the ways you can know your level of the Lord. Another one is, do you obey the leading of the Holy Spirit? In other words, the Spirit of God, if you receive Jesus, the Spirit of God lives in you. And He leads you. He guides you with a gentle tug, a knowing, a just kind of a little impression to do something. Do you obey that or do you dismiss that? Do you ignore it or do you deal with it and say, Lord, uh, if you give me a little more clarity in that, if, you, if you'll help my understanding, I will do that. I will make that change in my life. I'll do what you, you want me to do. These are all ways that you can gauge where you're at if you never consider the things i just talked about at all then i would question does god have all of your life because if he has all of your heart all of your soul all of your body these are issues you're going to deal with day in and day out all the time it's always an issue always why because i'm always i'm always dealing with new things in life and i have to make a decision Am I going to give him all? Am I, going to, am I going to love him with everything that I am? So let's look a little bit more at our heart. Because remember, that's where everything roots back to. So look with me real quickly. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. We're going to look in the New Living Translation. And it says here, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. All right, praise God for that. Amen. We've been set free. Notice what it says. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Say this with me. Say, I'm an adopted child of God. Amen. I belong with him. He put his spirit in me. I'm one with him. And out of my heart, my heart cries Abba Father. Now if you were to look up that word Abba and you were to get, you know, study it a little bit, I want to give you a gist of what it's implying. You think of a little child, okay? When my oldest, when we had our first one, um, 
I could do anything with that child, and she totally trusted me. And what I mean is, when she was two years old, if I threw her in the air, she had absolute, unwavering, unquestioning trust in me. She knew I would catch her. I never went like this, tricked you, you know? I mean, because that would only happen how many times? <laughs> if a kid's smart, that's it. You know, they're going to cry every time you do it. Well, the fact is, you would never do that. As a good parent, you're always going to catch them. You're always going to take care of them. And so you're doing this and catching them. Unwavering trust. They understand the relationship between child and father more than we realize. See, my child loved me. She absolutely trusted me without question. If I said, if I said, Hillary, we're going to go to Disney World tomorrow at nine, she'd say, let's go pack. There would be no thought in her mind, no question about anything. She would believe anything I said. In other words, in her heart, she loves me. In her heart, I'm everything. Okay, In her heart, I absolutely trust my father. And I know my father will take care of anything in my life. She never woke up one morning disturbed and concerned that someone wouldn't take care of her. Where's my next meal coming from? You know, what's going to happen here? She just what? It's all she had to do. You know, and there you are. Come running and take care of the situation. Right? I mean, I don't know how many one-year-olds have ulcers. Okay? I mean, you know, they're worried and afraid about this or that. Unwavering trust. That's what that word Abba Father implies. That you have the Spirit of your Father inside you. The Spirit of God is inside you. And in your heart, in your spirit, as a child of God, way down deep on the inside of you, your spirit cries out, Abba Father. I absolutely trust you. You are everything. There's a desire in you, way down deep on the inside. You may have buried it. You may have ignored it, but on the inside, it so wants to know the Father. It so wants to act on being a child of God and taking your place and knowing your Heavenly Father. I mean, it's there. I'm telling you. And with that, that's what we have here. Abba Father is a personal, intimate image of our Heavenly Father. Another way of saying this is our spirit cries out, Daddy, Daddy. Now, how many would agree Daddy is far more personal than Father, right? Father, may I have something. You know, Father, may I do this, you know. And I'm not making fun of Father, but what I'm saying is most of us don't talk like that, you know. But the, you, you call your, your, da, your, your father Dad, you know. or You might have said Father, but that seems formal to me. I mean, Father, may I do this? <laughs> I mean, it... You know, but the fact is, is that that's who they are. But how many would agree? Daddy is far more intimate. Daddy is far more personal. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I remember I used to always call my dad daddy and my mom mommy when I was little. And then I remember I got to a certain age where I was self-conscious of that. Somewhere I got in there, you know, maybe 11 or somewhere. I started thinking that sounds a little childish. It sounds a little, it's intimate maybe, but it sounds a little, hey, daddy, I'm 13. Daddy, can I go to the movies? It just doesn't sound right anymore. You know, maybe for a little girl, it might be okay. And of course, she's getting everything else out of daddy. Hey, daddy, can I have a 20 with it? Hey, daddy, can I have this? Hey, daddy, can I stay out a little later? I mean, the fact is, though, 
that daddy is more personal, your spirit cries out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. It wants to know the Father. It's in you. It's already there. All you have to do is express it. Now, I want to I show you how it's expressed, part of the way it's expressed. Remember, we've been talking about the heart, right? We've been zooming in on our heart. Jesus said something in Matthew 15, 8. Matthew 15, 8, Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart, everybody say heart, their heart is far from me. So they're saying what I want to hear, they're saying the right words, but their heart is not connected with the words they're speaking. In other words, they're just saying what needs to be said, all right? We see a lot in our society now of just saying what needs to be said, but no one really means what they're saying. You know, they're saying things and their heart's not really in agreement. They're just saying the right thing, quote unquote. Well, the fact is Jesus said here, and I want you to consider this. Jesus is saying that our heart is connected to our mouth. Our heart is connected to our mouth. And this is very, very, very important. Our love for God begins in our heart. And works outward through our life. But I want you to consider this. How do you express your love for someone? Well, it begins with words. Words. And your mouth being connected to your heart, that means that your words are an expression of your heart. They're coming out of your heart. Jesus said this, if you want to write it down, in Matthew 12, uh, I believe 34, yeah, Matthew 12, 34, he said, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now I want you to listen to those words, really absorb them. For out of the abundance of the heart, or we could say, whatever's overflowing in the heart, whatever your heart is full of, is going to come out your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Now, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. If your heart is full of junk and cussing and all kinds of uh, junk, what's going to happen when you hit your thumb with a hammer? Words you might not want your pastor to hear. Why? Because that's what your heart's full of. That's what you've been consuming, and it came out of you. When someone puts pressure on you, you need to think of this. Your heart can be full of whatever. It's like a sponge being filled with water. And the pressure of life comes and squeezes your heart. Well, just like squeezing a sponge, whatever is in the sponge in abundance, if it's grape juice, what's coming out? Grape juice, right? If it's water, what's coming out? Water. Your, your heart is the same way. Whatever it's full of, whatever it's focused on. Now remember, what did Jesus ask us? Or what did he actually tell us, command us? He said, give me all. Love God with all. Everybody say all. Is, that's what we're talking about. Love God with all your heart. There's nothing else there. For out of the abundance of the heart, whatever your heart is full of is going to come out. In other words, your words, again, are an expression of your heart. And it's going to come out of you. You can't help it. 
one major way that we as child or our child of God or children of God express our love to God is through praise. Everybody say praise. Now remember, your words are connected to what? Your words are connected to what? Your heart. Everybody say my heart. I want to make sure there's no confusion because there was, you know, everybody always thinks I'm going to trick them. All right? Say, my, say this with me. Say, my words are connected to my heart. Did you ever say this? I didn't mean to say that in a fit of anger. You liar, you did too. You regret saying it, but you meant every word you said out of the abundance of the heart and the pressure of life and the pressure in that angry moment squeezed it out of you and you said some things that it's like a guy who gets caught in sin. He's not, uh, he, he's not regretting what he did. He's regretting getting caught. There's a difference there, you know. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I want you to think of this with me for just a moment. Think on this. Many Christians consider praise to be optional. In other words, praise is not a requirement. I don't have to do that. But I want you to consider this statement. I want everybody listening really closely, okay? Listen to this statement. If what is on our lips is an expression of our heart, then if we love God with all of our heart, then praise is the natural byproduct of love. Praise is outward, right? Praise is words. And remember, out of the abundance of the heart, whatever I'm full of on the inside is going to come out my mouth. So listen to the statement again, because I really want you to listen. If what is on my lips is an expression of my heart, and if I love God with all of my heart, then praise becomes a natural byproduct of that. In other words, I want to praise. I can't help but praise. Why? My heart's full of love for the Lord. I want you to think of that. I want you to think of how often you praise God on your own. Not just at church, but just anywhere. Anywhere. And as I've been working on this message <laughs> and have been looking at my own heart, what I've been doing and what I've been focusing on, honestly, I found areas of my life where there was voids. You know, I haven't been doing that as often as I should. I haven't been praising God. I haven't been just, just, just praising Him and thanking Him and, and as much as I should. I'm doing it some, but I used to do it more. I used to be more conscious, but sometimes we can get busy and we let other things get in the way and we're not doing what's most important. Let me ask you a question. How many here are thankful for all that Jesus has done for you? I mean, see, you have to stop and meditate for a little while on the sacrifice that God has done for us, on, on, on the fact that He would even consider us and make us to begin with. The fact that he would make his creation and his creation went like that, thumbed its nose, went the other way, and he still came and chased after us and still saved us despite ourselves. Oh, I'm telling you, guys. When you start meditating on the grace of God, the grace of God, think about how many bad things that could have happened in your life that have not happened. The list would be a mile long. You'd think, wow, I narrowly, narrowly escaped this or that. And you have no 
clue how many times God sent angels to change the situation and you avoided it altogether. You're blind, man. I mean, in the spirit realm, he can see everything. And you and I are technically blind in that area to a degree. We're moving around the earth. We think we're doing okay and we're, we're moving around, but oh, not for the grace of God. Not for the grace of God that is behind us all the time. All the time taking care of us. All the time loving us and helping us despite sometimes our attitude or how much we disregard Him or, or how, how we go through life and we're walking in the blessing of God but really praising Him for the blessing. Now this gets into every single one of us including myself. It's not to beat on us. It's for us to consider our heart. It's for us to adjust a little bit and say, wow, man, God, you've done so much for me, and yet I have not really even been paying attention to you too much. Amen. We need to change that. I want to look at another scripture real quickly. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually. Everybody say continually. So what does continually mean? (laughs) All the time. Continually, continually, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Now notice what it says. That is the fruit of our lips. Where is that true praise coming from? Our heart. And our heart is full of thanksgiving and it comes out of our lips. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. We are to praise God. Listen, Our heart wants expression, and it uses our words, our praise to do so. Right out of, remember, Jesus doesn't want to hear something just because it needs to be said. What does he want with your words? He wants your heart. He wants you. He wants it to be genuine. He wants it to be real. Not you just saying certain things because you think that's what he wants to hear. He wants the genuine, real you. And he also said continually. In other words, this is not just a Sunday morning thing. This is an all-the-time thing in our personal life. This is when you wake up in the morning and get in the shower and say, Praise God, I woke up! Praise God, I'm alive and healthy and strong and I'm looking forward to the day. His mercies are what? New. Does anybody not know the rest of that? Help me out. New every morning aren't you grateful that you get to have a clean start every time you get up you just start meditating on that forget yesterday and focus on tomorrow amen i got today and praise god i'm gonna have a better tomorrow and start praising god and worshiping god instead sometimes what do we do it's monday and you start thinking about i can't wait till friday at five o'clock you know and what do we do? Grumble and mumble and, and see, what is that doing to us? It's not helping us. That's not opening any doors other than to the enemy who stirs things up. But if we get up triumphantly and begin to praise God, and then as the day progresses, even though sometimes some negative things happen, praise God, I'm still here. Praise God, He still supplies my need. Praise God, I'm healthy and strong. Praise God that His grace and His mercy is working in my life. And as we praise God continually, it opens the door for God to move in our life. It opens the door for Him to continue, and it keeps the enemy at bay. He literally, the devil hates praise. He despises praise. When I'm talking about praising God. 
He despises. You want to get rid of the devil fast? Just start praising God and ignore him. And he's sitting there telling you, you're going to, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. You just ignore him and just concentrate on the Lord and praising him, praising his word. I promise he'll leave you alone. He just can't stand it. Oh, boy, he doesn't like it. Giving thanks. Everybody say, giving thanks. Being thankful is key to praise. Remember, our heart full of love for God is a thankful heart, a heart bursting to express its love, its gratitude, its joy. In other words, I don't have to, I want to. But see, when you find yourself empty, in other words, how many know a car, you can drive only so long till what? You're running out of gas. Well, guess what? In your own personal life, if you're just doing everything on your own and you're not spending time in God's Word and you're not hearing His Word and you're not singing His Word and you're not praising and you're not worshiping and you're just going through life doing your thing, doing whatever it is in life you've got to do, guess what's going to happen eventually? You're going to run out of gas. You're going to be empty. And you're going to say, I don't feel like praising God. And you really don't. <laughs> you really are empty. You're just spiritually sucked dry. And see, that's not the way it should be. You should be filling yourself up all the time that when someone mentions praise, you say, let's go. In other words, when just something happens, you're ready to gush out. You're ready. Why? Because you're keeping yourself full. And the minute life puts a little pressure on you, just like that sponge, what squeezes out? The life of God, the praises of God, the love of God, the life of God. But see, if you just run your own thing and you just say, ah, oh, next Sunday's coming, <laughs> and it's the only time you fill up and that's all you do, man, by about Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to be pretty dry and it's going to be hard going through life. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. What does the Bible say is in God's presence? Can anybody tell me? Larry, what's in his presence? Come on. What? Fullness of joy. Everybody say, fullness of joy. Say it again, fullness of joy. Now, let's try it with a smile. Just say, fullness of joy. Everybody say, fullness of joy. In other words, what's joy? Strength. Amen? That's what the Bible says. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The reason you're so weak in life, the reason you're so down, is because you have not been in the presence of God. But if you get in His presence more and just stir that up, and how many know you take Him everywhere you go? But you've got to invite Him in a little bit more. You can't just, he's, how many know, I can take my wife everywhere I go, but ignore her always, right? Can you? I could go to dinner, not talk to her, not look at her, but she's with me. I can be laying next to her, but not paying any attention. We can be in the same living room all the time, but never, ever talk, never communicate, never do nothing. We can do all the chores of life together, but never really communicate at all. Never hold hands, never nothing. Can I do that? You, listen to me, have the presence of Almighty God in you. Your Heavenly Father's with you all the time. But you can live your life ignoring Him, not paying any attention to Him. Boy, that's good preaching, guys. We need to remember that we need to stir things up. We need to say thank you. 
thank you, thank you, I appreciate you, and connect with our Heavenly Father. In other words, connect with Him. I don't know how other word to use is connect. Everybody say connect. Connect, praise God, connect. Now, the Bible tells us that we should rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. What does that sound like? It sounds like praise. We should be doing this all the time. Being thankful, rejoicing, being full of praise is the will of God. Listen to me carefully. Praise is a result of a thankful heart. If you're not full of praise, then I would question myself. If I'm not full of praise, if I'm empty, I would have to question where I'm at. Do I have a full tank, so to speak? Have I been praising God? Am I thankful? Or have I just been running next to Him? He's been in the seat next to me, but I haven't been paying much attention to Him. Listen to me. When your heart is full of the knowledge of how good God is, and I mean we all know this, but I'm talking about daily. Daily. When your heart is full of the knowledge of how good God is, how much He loves you, how much He's done for you, you can't help yourself. In other words, when you spend time in the presence of God daily... You pray, you read the Word, you love on your Heavenly Father, you begin to to do these things. Your heart, listen to me carefully, begins to swell up like that sponge. And it needs a release. What's that release? Praise. It just comes out of you naturally. We shouldn't always have to work it up. There are times in faith, listen to me, there are times in faith we need to pump ourselves up and we need to remind ourselves and stir ourselves up and praise God. But most of the time, we should just be living with that joy there all the time, and it's always coming out of us. We shouldn't have to pump it up all the time. We should just be full and overflowing all the time. Look with me, Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So it tells us what to do. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. In His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. You ought to just take those five verses Meditate on them. Get them in your heart. Begin to ask the Lord to magnify that inside you, and you'll just be full of praise and thanks to Him. We're, listen to me, we're told in the Word to praise God continually. Be thankful. Praise God with all of your heart. In other words, don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything back. When we're in worship or in a little bit here, guess what we're going to do? We're going to practice what we preached, all right? And we're going to praise God. Don't just stand there like a stump, all right? Act on the Word. In other words, move your jaw, get your heart full, and begin to sing, begin to worship, begin to be thankful, and just allow that to stir up. Don't worry about, well, I'm waiting for so-and-so next to me to do something. Don't worry about them. Don't concern yourself with them. What do they have to do with you and your relationship with the Lord? Amen? You, listen to me, say this with me, say, I love the Lord all by myself. 
(laughs) I don't need someone else to love the Lord to get me stirred up. I love the Lord all by myself. All by myself. Amen. And if I'm the only one doing it, praise God, I guess I'm just going to be blessed. (laughs) Listen, let me give you a definition real quick of praise. To commend, to applaud, to express approval or admiration of, to extol in words or in song, which is exactly what we do. To magnify. In other words, to magnify God what? It it is to magnify God in our life, to make Him bigger in our life. That's what we need, to remind ourselves of how big God is, to make Him bigger than the problem and the challenge we face. Listen to me. We are to glorify God for what He has done, for who He is and what He will do. There's plenty to praise God. If somebody said, well, I can't think of anything to praise God for. Oh, dear Lord. Again, you woke up this morning. Amen? You woke up this morning. You got clothes on your back. I'll bet you you ate something. And if you didn't, I'll bet you when we get done church, you will. (laughs) Listen to me. There's a few benefits too. And I want you to listen closely. If you want to write this down, Psalm 22.3 says, God inhabits the praises of His people. What does that mean? That means praise brings God on the scene. Now, how many would agree God is everywhere all the time, right? He's on, I mean, He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. In fact, the Bible says you can't go to hell and escape God. He is everywhere. But there's a difference between His manifest presence and Him being everywhere. There's a difference there. And when we praise God, His Spirit manifests in our presence. And it's a beautiful thing. In other words, it doesn't mean that God will visit us occasionally when we do this. But as we praise Him, He stays with us. He abides with us. Listen carefully. When you do this, when you praise God, you're not thinking of yourself. You're not thinking of your needs. You're not thinking of it's praise to Him. It is glorifying Him. And what happens in that when God comes in? Remember, what, what comes with the presence of God? fullness you you miss something joy's good but how many know joy is good fullness of joy is better right joy's good but fullness of joy is better all right i mean i like those uh what's the candy bar with the the nut and the coconut almond joy okay i like almond joy now i can either go get an almond or i can have the whole candy bar the whole candy bar is better than just the almond okay all right, you can load it with almonds, but I still want the dark chocolate. I want the coconut. I want the whole work. Huh? Well, then that's the wrong one. You gave me the wrong one. Mounds. Dear Lord. Listen to me. I don't care what you people think. If you like milk chocolate over dark chocolate, I'll pray for you. All right? I like dark chocolate better. All right? I'll live with milk chocolate. Don't get me wrong. If you gave me a chocolate chip cookie, milk chocolate, I'm not going to say, throw that away. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> now listen, now listen carefully. Listen, what happens when we praise God? What happens when we're when we're there just worshiping Him? Fear, worry, loneliness, depression just melt away in the presence of God. It just melts away. Every problem in your life just melts away. Now, did that problem necessarily change yet? No, but change is in motion. Because there is no problem God cannot solve. And when you get God on the scene in your life, let me put it this way. The problem is never with what God can do. How many would agree there? 
It's never with his ability. It's what you can believe. It's what you can believe. And when you begin to praise God, what are you doing? You're magnifying God over the problem. In other words, he's already bigger than the problem, but you don't see it that way. But when you praise God, your perception changes. You're getting your mind off yourself. That's a sure cure for depression right right there. Another thing that happens is, as I mentioned earlier, when we praise God, we keep our eyes on God and His Word and not the problem. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen, you're not equipped to run life on your own. Can't do it. You can't do it. But praise God when you get God involved in your life. It's game changer. Everything changes. Now we can walk in the victory that he has for us. Listen to me carefully. I want you to listen to these words as I close, and we're going to worship God. Draw near to God through praise. In other words, God wants you and I to grow in our intimacy with him. Listen carefully. Praise and worship is the key that unlocks the door to greater a greater level of intimacy with God. It's the thing that, that cha- it's a game changer in your life. And so I encourage you this morning, stir yourself up in your personal life, not just here, but all the time, all the time. The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I believe he's already there, but he wants to manifest his presence in your life. So in other words, he's ready all you have to do is just, uh, just worship Him, just honor Him, just praise Him. And that allows Him, that gives Him permission to just inhabit those praises. To just have His presence surround you and lift you up and help you fix that problem you might be facing in life. But we don't praise God just because we're facing a problem. We praise God for what? Who He is. He's God. Is He worthy of our praise period, if he never did another thing for the rest of our lives. How many would agree? If he never did another thing for the rest of our lives, he is worthy of our praise because of who he is. But beyond that, he's not just God, he's daddy. Everybody say daddy. Isn't that, doesn't it change everything? Everybody say daddy, daddy. Say he's my daddy. Amen. Say this with me. Say my daddy loves me. He takes care of me. He wants the best for me. Amen. I'm telling you what, that totally changes how we perceive things. It really does. Daddy. Daddy.